0: Welcome to the One Mind Dogs from the Dog's Perspective podcast. I'm your host, Nora Keskiewari, and on this show, we explore personal dog journeys and uncover how we can become the best possible dog owners from the dog's perspective, of course. I'm personally super passionate about understanding the dog's perspective, and with that, uh, being able to help others to have a happy and balanced life. It is always very inspirational to hear it from others their journey with their dogs and learning more about the dog's perspective. Today, we have a special guest from the United States, Beth Hoster, Hoster? Um, That's something that we have to practice here uh, together with, with our guest today. Uh, she's not only One My Dogs coach, but has also just recently started her career in One My Dogs coach support team, helping dog owners online. We can't wait to hear more about your inspiring journey. So welcome to the podcast, Beth.
1: Hi, and thank you, Nora.
0: So tell us a little bit about yourself. And also, please, uh, um, how is your last name pronounced?
1: My last name is pronounced Hostetter. And I live in Rochester, Minnesota in the United States. So one of the Midwest states to the north end. I currently have three dogs, um, two Shelties that are retired from competition, Moxie and Pixel. And my young dog is Bounce, who is a bearded collie. Oh, wow.
0: And I will start practicing um your last name from this on i promise hoster Yeah, yeah it's not so easy for finnish speak, native speakers this this last name uh but not not um neither is my last name actually easy for Finns either so i can <laughs> i i can relate so Beth, um can you remember like that uh what was the first experience uh with dogs for you do you remember any uh, specific event or have you always known that one day you will have your own dog?
1: I love dogs since I was a little kid, but my mom thought she was allergic. So we didn't have dogs for the longest time. But when I got to be about 10 years old, my parents finally decided it was time to try and get a dog. I was always over at the neighbor's house, training their dogs, grooming their dogs, giving them baths. And my parents kind of thought apparently this desire wasn't going to go away. So we ended up getting a little Samoyed puppy named Samantha
0: well that's so that's so cute what about your uh neighbors did you still go over them uh or uh did you stop that when you got your own work, own dog
1: I was gonna say no I still went over and played with the neighbor's dogs all the time and trained them I liked tricks training especially with them so that was really kind of fun just to get to play with all the different variety of the different dogs
0: well that's that's very good and maybe also their owners were happy that their dogs learned something new every day with you
1: they like the grooming part especially.
0: <laughs> Correct. Yes. For you, what's there in dogs? Like what's there that inspires and motivates you?
1: I guess I like the fact that dogs always live in the moment, that they're present and they're such a great example for people. And I think I'm just totally fascinated by the different varieties of dogs, the different breeds, what they're bred for. It's fascinating seeing herding dogs herding or drug detection dogs actually doing their jobs so I find it fascinating that such a species can be so varied and then the different personalities of all the different dogs my dogs and all my friends dogs
0: yeah that's correct uh yes and and the the fact that you currently have also like not only one breed is 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 fascinating
1: (laughs) I've had a variety of breeds over the years from small dogs herding breeds working breeds so it's fun
0: yeah, it sounds fun. So, one more dogs is um, all about understanding the dog's perspective and and the dog's point of view, and all we see um, and all we teach is about seeing and seeing the world uh, from the dog's perspective and especially having fun together in a way that also dogs enjoy it. In this podcast, we want to share these real-life stories and how learning more about the dog's perspective had impacted life with dogs. Beth, uh, you have joined One Mind Dogs community about 10 years ago now. Tell us a little bit about your, uh, your journey with One Mind Dogs. How did it all start- get started?
1: Um, I was when I was an agility student, my instructor was talking about this new site, One Mind Dogs, and all these fun fancy moves as there for this. So we were trying to work some of these fancy moves into classes. And I thought that's what One Mind Dogs was about. I heard of an opportunity to go up to Toronto to Foundations Camp and decided I couldn't miss it. I wanted to learn a little bit more about One Mind Dogs. And that was my an incredibly mind blowing changing situation for me understanding the foundations of it. And um every exercise was about um, understanding the dog's perspective, but also teaching something. And the method was so great, because everything was explained with a why, you know, you do this exercise, because it has this result, this is what you're teaching the dog. And I had probably my biggest life changing moment with a specific coach, <laughs> namely you, Nora, I was very frustrated with my little Sheltie Pixel that she was spinning and barking and she wasn't running the course. And in certain words, you managed to tell me that it wasn't my dog's fault. It was my handling that was the problem. And it was life-changing for me in looking at and realizing I had to understand my dog. And that was probably the biggest moment. As you say, I even get teared up on that. <laughs> It, it totally changed my do- my relationship with my dog. It changed my handling. Sorry. I'm getting all choked up here on this. It was what I needed to hear at that time. And it's what made, become, made me become so passionate about one of my dogs. My dog had a voice. My dog didn't understand. And once I understood that my motion, my position, my eyes, chest, legs, arms, voice, all of those handling elements affected her understanding, it just it changed my whole life in my whole, you know, I understand the dog's perspective.
0: Oh, wow. Well, it's emotional on this side uh, too. And, um, and that, uh, specific, um, <laughs> moment when you have told, tell- to- you told me this, uh, also before. So first I was a little bit shocked that I have, uh, uh, said something really bad,
1: <laughs>
0: but, but then I realized that, well, yes, that's how it's actually done. So, um, uh, when, when we, uh, describe things very directly, uh, and then that was a good moment for it. So, <laughs> so I'm happy to hear that, um, it has been a positive experience for
1: you. You were the teacher I needed at the time I needed it. And my dogs appreciate it very much. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, thank you. Thank you for that. And, and all those times though, they were amazing times when we have had these camps in, in Toronto, for example. So I love it so
1: much. I went back the next year.
0: (laughs) Yes. They were super, super great. Well, if we go a little bit deeper into your experience of, of learning the dog's perspective, you mentioned already a bunch of things, but um, if you think about in a bigger picture Was there something specific that you can mention that was really the eye-opener for you um, in learning the dog's perspective? Is there something maybe that changed your behavior also outside the agility field or or something specific related to agility? Uh, You already mentioned some, but do you have any other, other examples?
1: The learning keeps coming in levels. I've had many levels of aha moments, I guess. Like I said, the camp was the beginning one understanding the seven elements in the order of importance the dog changed how I work not just with my dog in agility but in life and we also I also do nose work and fast cat with my dogs so understanding how important my motion is and what my direction and my motion is doing that that's kind of critical so looking at those elements in the order of importance to the dog really affects the handling on that the next level on that understanding was handling lines in agility instead of handling obstacles and when I first heard that I didn't fully understand that. But now it's become a high priority to me, even when I'm teaching that it's faster handling, it's smoother handling. People tend to do things that are they need to stop, start, stop, start. And when we handle obstacle to obstacle, we're stop, start our mental process. If we see those lines, it handles much smoother. So that's been kind of a priority. Um, I did one of the webinars um, with Nikki on leading legs and lines. And before then, I'm, I didn't fully understand leading legs. So understanding how the dog turns and the leading legs became kind of a deal. And then Nikki gave me a challenge that was a year-long labor of love project. I talked about the different handling techniques and asking her about the lines and the leading legs. And she challenged me to create my own master book. And so I have under her direction, created a master book on every one of the handling techniques. Um, what are the seven elements on each of the handling techniques? What is the line it creates? When do we use it on the course? How many lead changes does it have? How do I teach it to my dog and all those steps? And so I have this massive book that went through every single one of the handling techniques, but I felt like it was probably incredible learning on the entire process. My next challenge was now I have to go through and make notes on each one of my dogs, on each one of the techniques, which one needs more collection, which one needs less. So the challenges on some of the webinars and that is just to continue growing for me. And I imagine when the next webinar comes out, I'll have another aha moment.
0: Right, well, it is learning is infinite, like like we like, tend to say. So so that's uh, indeed, and your learning career, I, I, I would say has been, amazing if you think about like it's not that many years uh since that camp so and now you are extremely uh liked and and professional coach so that's congratulations on that so yeah now that we are able to enjoy your professionalism like your expertise uh, also in the team, and all our customers are are able to get that coaching from you. So that's just amazing. So I'm really honored to have you as a guest today. Well, let's go a little bit off of the training side. Um, we tend to like love our successes and 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 tell them and, and celebrate them, but. Um, we all also have some struggles with our, with our our dogs. Could you give us an example of a hurdle that you have faced with your dogs and with your training? Um, and how did you then um go like
1: overcome that? I was gonna say um, well, since the camp, even so it hasn't been that many years, I've had a knee replacement. I've had both my Achilles. Uh, Tendons had surgery on them. So I've had a lot of downtime from, um, I had a broken toe last year. I keep feeling like my poor legs are taking a beating lately. Um, and so I've had a lot of downtime. And so figuring out how to keep my dogs active during that time, continuing the training with them. Um, truthfully, it's been phenomenal on working distance. And it seemed when I had my knee surgery, the original one, they came out with the walking agility posts that came out. And that was perfect timing for me at a time that I realized I'm not going to be able to run for months. So those are probably, you know, me physically, some of those hurdles. Moxie, my original agility dog, was kind of a severe bar knocker. And finally, at nine years old, she got diagnosed. I didn't realize um, she had a severe vision issue and until we saw a specialist, you know, so retiring my competition dog at that time was, it was tough, but I also, it was a good thing to realize I was taking care of my dog. That's actually when I switched her to nose work, something she didn't have to jump and get injured at and her vision wasn't so important on it changing for the dog in the dog's perspective what did she need to still be an active busy dog but thinking what she needed instead of what I wanted to do it.
0: well these podcast episodes are are filled with emotional stories and and really life-changing stories so this is incredible one time we have to write a book and put them all in in the cover so it's because they are just so um so inspiring and and all these struggles that many people are are describing um it can be like your health, or or the dog's health, or or something like that, like real struggles. So it's it takes a lot of nature and guts to to really still keep on doing it and going and learning and and what's most important, keeping that positivity in everything what you do. So yeah, this is maybe why dogs are so amazing, and and we love love to work with this with this topic. Well, if you go to the other side, uh, what are your top highlights? Uh, with, with your dogs.
1: I was going to say probably each and every dog, I was going to say my highlights are more the individual dogs themselves. I was going to say that each one of my dogs has such an incredible different personality. And I've seen that, you know, with the dogs I've had in the past and the different variety of dogs. But Moxie, my senior dog, the one who with the vision issue is kind of the quiet sweetheart of the house. And so, you know, the highlight of her is just the snuggling with her. And she's kind of the matriarch of the household and keeps everybody else in line. Pixel is 10 now, but her little personality is This sassy little bratty, she still acts like a puppy and she always wants to play. In fact, she's annoyingly always wanting to play. Um, My Beardy Bounce and his personality would be a highlight that he was the boy I needed at the time it did because life's a joy to him. When I was getting too serious, I ended up with my joyful boy dog. So to me, it's more about the individual dogs, the personalities and who they are are, my highlights of everyday life. My next highlight is next spring, I'm getting another Beardy puppy. We're still, we're on a wait list for a relative oh. of my bounce.
0: <laughs> oh, wow. Well, they are beautiful and you keep their hair so nice. I was saying <laughs> the other day, like, uh, mine would not look like that. <laughs> That's pretty. It's
1: a, it's, a, it's a bonding time for us. Grooming yes. time is bonding time with the Beardy, especially to <laughs> have all the hair.
0: It's 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 great. To, to take it that way I have it I'm struggling with my own hair <laughs> to start <laughs> with so yes well let's move to a, like a, an, another topic that I always want to discuss in this uh, podcast episodes um I would like to hear from you like if your neighbor for example would would be getting a dog for the first time um what would be your? tips for them
1: um make sure they've got time every day to have that one-on-one bonding time with their dogs really get to know their dog so many people want the, to worry about teaching the dog learn the dog what motivates a dog what excites them how do i know when the dog is you know watch for those signs of knowing when the dog needs a rest and take care of the dog your priorities to advocate for the dog
0: well that's well said um uh, that's that was good <laughs> excellent actually um well, talking about the bond, uh, what do you think is the most important thing uh, that influences the bond with the dog?
1: Probably, I guess, paying attention to the dog in the, in the time, watching, watching the dog, I guess, seeing what lights my dog up. I joke about my dog smiling. You know, what makes my dog smile? It's not all about just a tail wag, but sometimes it's that smile. It's the dog inviting me to play. You know, figuring out what dog likes to tug or what dog likes to play fetch instead, what lights them up, and that lights me up. Seeing the dogs get excited lights me up.
0: Hey Beth, uh, you have had like a big um, career change recently. Uh, I would like you to like talk us through a little bit of of your career like work career before and now your transformation to something else it would be really interesting to hear a little bit about that
1: Um, my husband and i have been a real estate team for 27 years so selling residential real estate and a couple years ago i started dabbling into uh teaching agility because that just i enjoyed agility and i liked sharing about agility um our local club um, that we were that I was teaching with disbanded. Um, there was a change of ownership, and so my teaching opportunity became a hundred miles away. So every Thursday, I drive a hundred miles. I'm not sure that is in kilometers, but I was going to say a hundred miles on Thursday mornings and teach all day on Thursdays, and then drive a hundred miles home. And due to an opportunity that that facility is expanding, I am going to be joining them. And my husband and I are leaving a 27 year real estate career and bless his heart. He is doing this with me and we are moving a hundred miles away so I can teach agility.
0: Yeah. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. That's a That's true love. I would say
1: (laughs) it's a lifelong dream of mine. And I was going to say, my husband has seen my passion over the years with studying one mind dogs and going through the coaching program and all the time I spend on the website studying and training and he supports me a hundred percent, which I couldn't ask more.
0: Yeah. That's so beautiful. Well, do you want to mention something about um, about your, um, like, being a team member in the One Mind Dogs team? That would be interesting also to hear, like, from, uh, from retail experience to online experience and all that. Uh, is there something that you would like to share with us?
1: I have really enjoyed getting to meet the different clients of One Mind Dogs, and I love reviewing videos when somebody's got a training video or a trial video, and they're just looking for some feedback and some learning. I'm really enjoying taking the time to look at some of those videos and get to get new friends and relationships. So that's been really joyful to me, people all over the world. So it's a great opportunity to see the different breeds of dogs, see the different venues that people are training at and teaching at. It's really been joyful to me.
0: Yeah, and I'm sure it's joyful for all of us and and to our customers, yes. Now I have this big question. Um, now um, the, the pet world and the dog world has changed so much, uh, especially during the past five years or even more, but now especially after the, the pandemic. And I think it's a topic that needs more attention, like about the change, uh, change in the dog world and their well-being and everything. What would you, if you would, if you could change one thing in the world to make dogs' lives better, what would that that thing be?
1: I guess I'm thinking would probably be more understanding from people of the dog and the dog's perspective. So for people to understand, you know, dog's training, you know, dog's training is about motivation and finding out what excites the dog, better understanding from people.
0: Yeah, I totally 100% agree. And that's that's uh, many times I, I can see that with people who have some trouble with their dogs, that it all starts from the beginning and it all starts from what motivates the dog and how to have fun, fun with the dog and how dogs learn from their perspective. So I totally agree. And this is the reason also why we are uh, doing this podcast, because we want to share also this information that, it's not rocket science. It's just a perspective change that you ha- you should make and be aware of um, to have a happy life with your dog.
1: Understanding how the dogs learn is just, to me, that was one of my favorite parts of right. some of my training was just understanding the process of how they use their nose, how they use, you know, their, how's their vision compared to people's vision. It's really fascinating to see how dogs learn.
0: Right, right. And many times it's totally the opposite that we tend to think as a human being. (laughs) So Uh, so people are
1: all about talking and swinging their hands around and the dogs don't care so much about that as we do.
0: Exactly. Or punishing. That's uh, another like easy topic uh, for, for humans to, to say like, don't do this. Uh, uh, Dogs obviously don't understand that explanation.
1: (laughs) And and since they live in the moment, they've got to learn in the moment
0: exactly exactly and that's a big uh, change for for many many new dog owners to understand uh how to then actually educate the dog in those moments but we uh we hope that with one mind dogs we are able to to share this knowledge and help and support people to to figure out uh, little details that matter a lot. Now we are going to end uh, of this episode. Um, is there, Beth, anything that I didn't ask and you would like to share with us?
1: Not that I can think of. I could say, yeah, just learning is infinite.
0: <laughs> exactly. Hey, thank you, Beth, so much for being our guest today and se- sharing your incredible life story and, and learning moments.
1: Thank you for the opportunity. To all our listeners, thank you for tuning in
0: to the One Mind Dogs from the Dogs Perspective podcast. We hope you have gained inspiration for your own life with your dogs and for learning more about the dogs' perspective. Remember to follow One Mind Dogs on social media and sign up for the podcast newsletter to stay updated on our latest episodes and exciting content. Of course, we would like to hear from you also. So tag us and tag One Mind Dogs and share your special moments with your dogs. See you in the next episode.